but we were all good friends, and if by some chance we fell out and I hit one of my granduncles, it never occurred to any child or grown-up in the village to call me insubordinate. Ninety-nine out of a hundred of them could neither read nor write. We spent most of our days digging up earthworms, putting them on little hooks made of copper wire, and lying on the riverbank to catch prawns. The silliest of water creatures, prawns willingly use their own pincers to push the point of the hook into their mouths, so in a few hours we could catch a big bowlful. It was the custom to give these prawns to me. Another thing we did was to graze buffaloes together. But maybe because they're animals of a higher order, oxen and buffaloes are hostile to strangers, and they treated me with such contempt that I never dared get too close. I could only follow at a distance and stand there. At such times, my small friends, no longer impressed by my ability to recite classical poetry, would all start hooting with laughter. What I looked forward to most was going to Zhao Zhuang to see the opera. Zhao Zhuang was a slightly larger village, five li away. Since Ping Chao was too small to afford to put on operas, every year it chipped in towards a performance at Zhao Zhuang. At the time, it never occurred to me to wonder why they should put on operas every year. Thinking back to it now, I dare say it may have been a ritual drama for the late spring festival. The year that I was eleven or twelve, this long-awaited day came round again. But as ill luck would have it, there was no boat for hire that morning. Ping Chao village had only one big ferry boat, which put out in the morning and came back in the evening, and it was out of the question to use this. All the other boats were unsuitable, being too small. And the neighbouring villages, when people were sent to ask, had no boats either. They'd all been hired already. My grandmother, very vexed, blamed the family for not hiring one earlier, and started nagging. To console her, Mother said that our operas at Lujun were much better than these in the little villages, and as we saw several a year, there was no need to go today. But I was nearly in tears from chagrin, and Mother did her best to impress on me on no account to make a scene, because it would upset my grandmother. Nor must I go with other people either, or grandmother might worry. In a word, it had fallen through. In the afternoon, when all my friends had left and the opera had started, I imagined I could hear the sound of gongs and drums, and knew they were in front of the stage buying soya bean milk to drink. I caught no prawns that day, didn't eat much either. Mother was very upset, but couldn't think what to do. By supper time, Grandmother too had finally caught on, and she said I was right to be cross. They had been too remiss, and never before had guests been treated so badly. After the meal, youngsters back from the opera gathered round and gaily described it to us. I was the only one silent. They all sighed and said how sorry they were for me. Suddenly, one of the brightest, Shuangxi, had an inspiration and asked, A big boat! Hasn't Eighth Granduncle's ferry boat come back? A dozen other boys cottoned on and at once started agitating to take the boat and go with me. I cheered up, but Grandmother was nervous, thinking we were all children and undependable, and Mother said it wouldn't be fair to ask grown-ups to stay up all night and go with us, as they all had to work the next day. While our fate hung in the balance, Shuangxi went to the root of the problem, declaring loudly, I guarantee it'll be all right. It's a big boat. Brother Shun never jumps around. And all of us can swim.
It was true. Every boy in the dozen could swim, and two or three of them were first-rate swimmers in the sea. Grandmother and mother, convinced, raised no further objections. Both smiled. We immediately rushed out. My heart, after being so heavy, was suddenly light, and I felt as though floating on air. Once outside, I saw in the moonlight a ferry boat with a white awning moored at the bridge. We all jumped aboard, Shuangxi seizing the front pole and Afa the back one, while the younger boys sat down with me in the middle and those a little older went to the stern. By the time Mother followed us out to warn, be careful, we'd already cast off. We pushed off from the bridge, floated back a few feet, then moved forward under the bridge. Two oars were set up, each man by two boys who changed shifts every lee. Chatter, laughter and shouts mingled with the...